It's time for Lakes, Woods, and Irons at 1380 KLIZ The Fan, featuring Colin McDonald and Chris Foley. Today's broadcast is sponsored by Breezy Point Resort, your holiday station store on Mill Avenue and Cross Lake, Maury's Market, Ernie's on Gull, The Tea Hive, Halverson Law Office, and The Legacy Courses at Craigans. Streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com, sponsored by Mills GM. And now here's Chris Foley and Colin McDonald for Lakes, Woods, and Irons at 1380 KLIZ, The Fan. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you. 1380 KLIZ, streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com. That thanks to our sponsor, Mills GM, the home of the 2018 Buicks. So check them out for affordable luxury. Thanks to uh, Mills GM again for sponsoring the streaming this year. And also available now at Podcast One, which is kind of fun for us. Got a great guest coming up a little later in the uh, show, Chandler Withington, director of golf at Hazeltine. We'll talk to Chandler, kind of a thrilling deal, Chris, that uh, uh, what an accomplishment and what a pat on the back for Chandler and his crew that Hazeltine's the first U.S. course to ever get the Ryder Cup twice. Yeah, return for us. Gosh, I remember... Last year, 2016, at the end of the Ryder Cup, kind of being a, feeling let down after such a great event, and and everybody saying, "Yeah, that'll be the only time, and we'll ever get to see it in Minnesota in our lifetime." Right. And, yeah. Uh, so they changed that precedent. We're going to be back in 2028, and uh, uh, at Hazeltine. So what an exciting time! Ten years down the road, there's an outside chance I'll still be alive. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we've got. Uh, we want to talk a little bit about uh, something you're doing, Chris. It's fun. Uh, you've got all kinds of things going on at uh, Craigans, but the adult coaching program. I, I saw the announcement on that, and that's uh, that's kind of a neat deal. Improve the game is what we all want to do, and uh, this is an opportunity. Yeah, you know, the, this time of year, we're we've got uh, we're just getting ramped up with the golf season. We have a lot of programs going on, but we we've got a new one this year called our adult coaching program, and we we really kind of based on what we've done with our junior golf program. We've had so much success with you know kind of doing individual instruction with supervised practice sessions. Um, and you know, helping pre- people practice on their own and assessments and that type of thing. That we created an adult program for that, and uh, basically, it's a it's a month by month program, and you pay a a flat rate, and you get uh, you get a couple lessons a month, you get a couple hours of track man practice on your own, but then there's an opportunity to come to uh, sixteen practice sessions a month, and those practice sessions are really neat. Two two of them are focused on short game and two of them full swing. And it's really, uh, you know, kind of what, what we always talk about here. Are you practicing or are you exercising? And so we, in these practice sessions, we really create practice situations and environment that allow you to take that practice to the golf course easier. And we start off with uh, with a couple assessments and you get a you get some tools to be able to track your game. Uh, we're using Peter Sanders software who's been on the show a number of times. Uh, so by tracking your rounds every week we can use those to focus in on both your lessons and those supervised practice sessions, and then your track man time. So we can take those and, and really build a, a game plan for you. And then we're also doing some on-course stuff and some mental, mental game 
prep for you and, and uh, identifying your strengths and weaknesses there and helping you uh, helping you with your mental game a little bit. So Great. That sounds very good. And if you've got the kids program, which will be going uh, underway in the summertime, and you've got a program for ladies as well, so really everybody can – can get out there and uh, uh, improve their game. Yeah, absolutely. We, we start all our adult uh, group instruction next week, our uh, Ladies Intro to Golf program, our Ladies Refresher School. We've got uh, a senior clinic. We've got a men's refresher school. So, you know, so it, the, the group programs are great because they're, they're four or five weeks in length and kind of cover, depending on the theme of the, the clinic, cover all aspects of the game and, and really get your, get your season off to a, a good start, get you back on track. And it's going to be a great golf season. Everybody's fired up about it. The courses are opening. I know, uh, Mike Stone up at Crosswoods had a really nice opening weekend with, uh, kind of opened a week in front of everybody else and uh tee sheets were full and everybody was coming from around the state to play and now this week's going to be the same i know the tee sheets look good at uh, the legacy their people are so fired up I, I was invited to play in a group uh, last year that plays up at craigans and they were talking about maybe getting out this friday well it went out to i don't know if it's a dozen guys that usually play somewhere between 12 and 15 and maybe they get eight maybe they get 12 and <laughs> i look at my phone yesterday afternoon and there's 23 messages on there <laughs> about everybody texting on who can play on on uh, this week you know oh, that's the great course is open yeah <laughs> it, uh, about 23 messages what's this about oh golf exactly. yeah it's just like that old deal <laughs> abstinence makes the heart grow fonder so <laughs> right yeah between uh, between this weekend uh and next weekend pretty much everybody in the area is, is going to be open which will be uh, just be great to get outside again and playing some golf and, and enjoying what we like best about the Brainerd Lakes area. We'll talk Ryder Cup and LPGA championships with uh, Chandler Withington from uh, Director of Golf at Hazeltine. That's coming up next on Lakes, Woods, and Irons. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons, 1380 KLIZ, the fan and streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com and now available at Podcast One. Very special guest today with uh, big announcements happening. And, uh, Chris, I'll let you handle the introductions. Yeah, i got a special guest, uh, one of my favorite guys in golf, Chandler Worthington, the uh, director of golf at Hazeltine National. Welcome to the show, Chandler. Yeah, guys, thanks for having me on. How are you? Um, we're good, thanks. Just uh, excited about the start of the golf season and uh, really excited about uh, some great news from the PGA of America a couple weeks ago that, that Hazeltine will be hosting the 2026 uh, Ryder Cup again. No, correct. Um, yeah, a few weeks ago, we were able to make the exciting announcement for, for 28, and I think it, it caught a lot of people by surprise, I, I would say myself included. When I got the chance to come out here and, and I got the job in 2012, of course, we knew the Ryder Cup was on the horizon, and uh, up until this point, it's been a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. But I think when you, you look at what the Ryder Cup has become uh, from just a size standpoint, uh, logistics, um, our property was so well set up for the Ryder Cup, that uh, I think it kind of opened their eyes to, to maybe what the future of the event looks like and the kind of places they need to go. Uh, but we gave them a great template, and uh, from a business standpoint, it was um, it was a smart decision for them. I, we think so in, in in the Midwest, and I think that's a it's a testament to a lot of things that went our way um, from um, the fan involvement um, to, of course, the outcome of the event, uh, the weather of the event. But I think also, if you look at where the future of championships are going, and uh, also some announcements that were made re- regarding the PGA Championship after 2016, and, and having that date moved, it was going to start to limit 
the championships that can be played up here in Minnesota. You know, we just saw Aaron Hills host the U.S. Open in Wisconsin last summer. So it shows that a U.S. Open can come back to this area. We, we like to believe we've kept a, a great relationship with the USGA and the PGA. I think the PGA also was just trying to look at how can we bring a championship back to Hazeltine, knowing that May might take us out of the running for where the PGA championship is going. So um, we're, we're so glad that it fell into place. Uh, Ten years feels like a long ways away, but we also know how fast it can come. Yeah, gosh, I, I remember when they announced the, the Ryder Cup for – uh, 16 at Hazeltine, and it seemed like it was a lifetime away, and it uh, it went in a flash. So this uh, just went 10 years away. It'll, it's it's going to go very quickly as well. Is it the first course to to repeat, Chandler? Did I read that first first time they've ever gone back to yeah. a course? Correct in in the United States. Uh, yeah, in a few venues overseas. Uh, the Belfry, most notably, I think the Belfry's had three or four. Uh, but in the United States, it's always been a one-and-done and, and move on to the next. So uh, from an American standpoint, it's a change in the course of history. Jim, kind of two, two-part question. The, the, uh, with the PGA Championship moving to May, does that really eliminate Hazeltine or you know, a lot of the, the Midwest venues? And then secondly, how did, uh, how did hosting another PGA come about? Was that something that Hazeltine lobbied for? Did the PGA come to you guys? Or how did that all work? Well, I think the first part, as far as May goes, you look at a spring of what we just had, and um, snow there during the, the second week of April. So I don't, well, I don't think it's impossible. It's a challenge. Um, it looks like we're probably going to open up here in a few weeks. So to, to imagine that we would have a championship in a few weeks, um, I wouldn't say is undoable. I think they'll, they'll get a pretty good idea when they go to Oak Hill in Rochester, New York, in 2023 because um, I think they face pretty similar weather. Of course, they're getting the lake effect off of Lake Erie. Um, so I can't really answer that, uh, Chris. I think, we're gonna have to, I think they don't know themselves, but conventional wisdom would say that they're probably going to be staying um, at cities like maybe a Chicago or Philadelphia. I think Aronimic has the PGA Championship in 27. You know, so I think the conventional wisdom would just say that they're going to stay south of cities like that and not take too many risks, but, but I could be completely wrong. So... Um, I think they're also going to look to see, is this something that really catches on? Um, as as someone who's involved with Hazeltine, we'd love to have the PGA Championship back up here. But as a PGA member, I think they're doing a smart thing and at least trying this and moving the PGA Championship up into May. And I get a lot of questions about, you know, why did they move the PGA Championship date? And I think that the biggest determiner uh, was just that it, the, the FedEx Cup playoffs wasn't getting a lot of traction. And the biggest reason was that it was – kicking off on Labor Day, and, uh, you know, it, you're competing against the NFL football at that time of year. So they wanted to move the PGA Championship up into May. You then end up with the Players' Championship in March, the Masters in April, the PGA in May, the U.S. Open in June, and the Open Championship in July, and then right into the FedEx Cup playoffs and actually be done by Labor Day. So I don't really know the date yet, but technically speaking, our Ryder Cup could be early September once time it comes around in 28. So... I think they've got to try that that setup and at least have a big event in every month and and see if that doesn't change interest for the playoffs. I think the biggest obstacle for the FedEx playoffs is I don't think most people understand really how it works. The conventional playoffs that we watch, you know, whether it's the NCAA tournament or uh, the World Series or the Stanley Cup playoffs is, you know, two teams play each other and one team gets eliminated. And with the FedEx Cup playoffs, you could have the guy who wins the FedEx Cup, you know, finish eighth in that final tournament. 
and I think it confuses some people. So I'd, I'd love to see the PGA Tour look at it a little differently and and treat it more like a true playoff where there's you know elimination that people can understand. I think you get more of an audience that way. And then the second part of, of your question, I think, as far as uh, how it was negotiated with the PGA of America, we've got a great championship committee here uh, led by our current president, Papa Finsky, uh, Patrick Hunt, who's the chairman of uh, the Ryder Cup here in 16, and Jim Dewalter, Reed McKenzie, and a few others uh, are really the ones that helped move the needle here. They were back in negotiating with the PGA of America shortly after the Ryder Cup, and uh, the first piece that I felt was a, a great relational piece is that the PGA of America asked us to host the 2019 KPMG Women's PGA Championship. Uh, they've been elevating uh, the venues for that tournament over the last few years, going back to Saheli, I think, uh, two or three years ago, and Olympia Fields last year, Kemper Lakes in Chicago this year, us here next year in 19, and then, then Aronimic in 2020. So uh, we love the relationship we have with the PGA of America and the USGA uh, to host the 2020 U.S. Junior for the USGA is something else we're also looking forward to. And the last piece of that I would throw in there is uh, if you think about the U.S. Junior, which is the best players 18 and under, uh, it's a tournament that's been won by players like Jordan Spieth and Tiger Woods. Is uh, I would venture to say that we're probably going to see three or four players that play here in 2020 for the U.S. Junior that will make the Ryder Cup team here eight years later. That, that was going to be one of my questions for you. I thought uh, that, that would uh – that's really going to be neat. It's a, the best field in junior golf, and there's a good chance a lot of those players or some of them may be, may be playing in the Ryder Cup the next when it's there. Yeah, well, we look back, uh, we had the 2006 U.S. Amateur here, and then 10 years later had the Ryder Cup. And uh, you know, two players that made match play here for the American side were Ricky Fowler and Dustin Johnson. And, and there were some other great players in the field, uh, Webb Simpson and, and you know Billy Horschel shot 60 at the town course that year. So... You're, uh, it's kind of like the minor leagues of golf. You're getting to see the best talent before they really hit the big stage, and it's always so hard to predict who's going to make it and who's not. And um, Even with the Walker Cup, you see some players will come right off the Walker Cup team and go right to the tour. Uh, we're watching that with Maverick McNeely right now uh, from the 17 Walker Cup, but it, it takes some players a little bit longer. But yeah, I would anticipate, just like we saw with the 06 U.S. Amateur, in 8 to 10 years you'll see some players really mature and, and be the front-line players for the Ryder Cup like we just saw two years ago. You know, 10 years away, uh, when do the preparations really start in earnest? Just from my experience, uh, I arrived here at Hazeltine in the the spring of 2013, and um, it seemed like they really had their structure all set out. Um, They had a a tournament chairman picked out with Patrick Hunt long before I got here. Uh, So, I mean, it seems like that was maybe in place six to seven years out. And um, we had a tournament director at the time. Um, who actually eventually headed on to another project and, and led us to, to have Jeff Hintz as our director. But I'd say that the, the real heavy planning is really kind of a four- to five-year window. So we're going to focus on the women's championship for next summer. That, that's our focus right now is to elevate interest for that and, and then host a great U.S. Junior Tournament, which uh, will be the first time that they've expanded the size of the field, almost doubling it to 300-plus to players who will qualify. And, uh, and then really shift our focus towards the Ryder Cup as we get into 21 or 22. PGA Championship, uh, with the move and all that, I, I, I'm kind of a Northwest guy, Chandler, just for background, and then a Midwest guy, where I think it's a great golf culture in both both parts of the country. I, I would love it if the if the FedEx Cup would throw a bone to the Midwest and the Northwest and put one of those fall tournaments or late summer tournaments in those, because the weather's so nice in Minnesota and, say, Washington or Oregon that time of year, maybe since they can't probably ever get a PGA now, maybe they could get in on the FedEx uh, FedEx tour at some point. 
And I wouldn't rule that out. I, I think there have been some local clubs that have been competing for that opportunity. We've seen that that stop happen in Indiana, Crooked Stick. We've seen it obviously at Chicago, at Conway Farms, and a few other places. So when you look at the FedEx Cup playoffs, we, we've seen an event at Cherry Hills and Denver. Um, so we've seen them go through the Midwest here, and, and I wouldn't rule that out for the future, especially you know, to your point, if, if there aren't going to be as many major championships up here in the future because of the PGA move, which – August was ideal for us. Uh, I'd be curious to see if that doesn't happen in the future. I wouldn't rule that out. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons. You're listening to our conversation with Chandler Withington, director of golf at Hazeltine, as he discusses the Ryder Cup coming back to Hazeltine and the Women's Championship, the KPMG, coming to Hazeltine next year. Chandler, t- tell us a little bit about more about the KPMG uh, Ladies PGA Championship. The the Ladies Tour is really up their game in the venues that they're taking their events to. You know, Chicago Golf Club this summer for the U.S. Open. Uh, they played Wilshire Country Club last weekend. I believe they're playing Lake Merced this weekend. Hazeltine, they're really going to some great venues. Yeah, well, Mike Wan, who's the commissioner of the LPGA, has done a great job. I've, I'm losing track of how long he's been in there, maybe seven or eight years at this point. Um, but the KPMG, to your point, Pipa Bakwa, when he came on board, really wanted to elevate this um, like he has all the rest of the, the championships for the PGA. Uh, but the women's tour is diverse. I, I was looking at their top 25 the other day. They've got 11 different nationalities. Uh, they have diversity in age. Uh, to look back at the 2014 U.S. Open, they had an 11-year-old Lucy Lee play. Um, and uh, we, we see just such a range of players uh, from different countries. Um, and uh, Chris, you and I went down and watched the Solheim Cup in Iowa last year. and It was really the first time that I got to see women's golf live. I don't want to say I was surprised, but I, but I was certainly impressed uh, by the level of play. Um, and I think most amateur players, um, we go watch the – the men's tour, and we see a player like Dustin Johnson hit the ball 330, you know, with with ease. Um, I think the women's tour is more relative to the to the to the amateur player as far as how they play their games. Uh, very rhythmic swings, great short games, and uh, and I took a lot of notes from from just watching the women plot their way around the golf course down in Des Moines a few years ago. So, um, as a as a father of two two daughters right now. Um, it's something I'm looking forward to seeing next year. Uh, we haven't had women's golf at Hazeltine since 1977. And uh, if you look back at our at our history, we, we opened up in 1962. We had a women's golf tournament four years later. We had the Women's U.S. Open in 1966. And to think about how far women's golf has come back in 66, they only used to televise the last three holes of the tournament. We had a, a longtime member here tell me once that uh, the women would get to the 16th tee and they go off to the side and put on their makeup and get ready to go on TV. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's come a long way, and, and I think what we take pride in here in Hazeltine is taking any event that's thrown our way and trying to do it better than it's been done the year before or the event before. I think we're able to accomplish that here in 16, and we look at the women's event in, in the same light. It's uh, We want to make them feel appreciated, uh, every much as equal to, to the men's events that we host here, and I think that's the opportunity we're most excited about. Well, Hazeltine is certainly a fantastic host. We can tell you that. The, how, will, will, they, will the setup of the, of the golf course be much different than what, uh, what it was set up for the Ryder Cup for the ladies' event? Well, first, the routing. Uh, for the Ryder Cup, we were able to use a different routing because there were only 24 players in the field. So I've gotten that question from people before is, would you ever use the Ryder Cup routing for a stroke play championship? And at least I understand the answer is going to be no. And it, just to, there's that crossover section there behind four, uh, behind holes 4 and 13, 
that would just get too congested with a full field. So we're going to play the routing that everyone's really familiar with, with the 16th, with the signature hole being the 16th hole. And the golf course, from what I understand, is going to play about 6,600 yards. Excuse me, which is you know really the, the standard tee that our our members use. And uh, yeah, I'm curious to see how I'm going to hopefully get a chance to go see Kemper Lakes uh, this summer. I was watching some of the tournament last year when Danielle Kang won down at Olympia Fields and. Um, as far as rough height and uh, what they're looking to see. But, uh, you know, they want to see the women make birdies just like they do in a, in a men's PGA championship. So, uh, you know, this is not meant to, to be a punishing championship by any means. As we get uh, closer to the uh, Ryder Cup this year, Chandler, I'm, I'm sure we'll try to have you on again. Are you going to go to Europe this year for the for the uh, Ryder Cup? You know, I'm not going to go to Paris. Okay. Uh, I think we, we finished up the Ryder Cup, and I, I thought I might take a little bit of a break from it. Uh, but then the, the bigger reason is uh, my wife and I are expecting our third child in the uh, third week of October. <laughs> so we're excited about that. So I'll be home watching on TV like a lot of people. Um, but uh, I'm already paying attention to, to the storylines. And uh, there's going to be some new players for the United States team. Um, trying to make my predictions on who the rookies are going to be, who can be the first-timers. And uh, especially, I think, as you look across the way at Europe, uh, there's going to be some new players on their team that I think will be very impactful. Uh, the most obvious is John Rahm from Spain. Um, but the less obvious ones that I think will, will be really apparent is uh, I look at guys like Tommy Fleetwood. Two years ago, Paul Casey was ineligible to make the team. This year, he is eligible, and we've already seen him win once on tour, and then he had a great Sunday at Augusta. I look at uh, players like Alex Noren, who's already you know uh, been right up there in a the playoff uh, out in San Diego. Uh, I look at Ty Hatton and, and a number of other players uh, combined with the the great names we already know, the the Rory's, the Sergio's, Justin Rose's, Stenson's. You know, they're going to they're be a tough team. They're coming off a loss, and they're playing at home where the United States hasn't won since 1993. So it's it's going to be a bigger challenge than I think what we saw here two years ago. Yeah, that's a formidable team for sure. <laughs> their, wow. Their, their potential team is definitely trending in the right direction at the time right now. Yeah, and, and I don't think anybody's really talking about that. No. I think uh, I remember reading an article by uh, New, Jim Nugent uh, last year where he said the Ryder Cup's going to really go through a slump now for the next 78 years. Uh, he really felt like the Americans <laughs> are now going to yeah. become a more dominant team. And I, I kind of laughed at it like you did. I, you know, I, I just don't think it goes that way. And I think that's just such a credit to how good those European teams were. Uh, through the, the late 90s and the early 2000s that they won 8 out of 10. That, that's remarkable. I don't see the United States going on a run like that. Uh, I think it could be back and forth here on, on home and home for the next 8 to 10 years, but we'll just have to sit back and let, uh, let, let things play out as they will. Yeah, I think there's a couple things. I think that home field advantage is, is very big. I think that, that the level of play uh, from Europe is so strong that uh, we're going to have to bring our best game year, there every uh, every year. I think we're going to see more events like this Masters where going into the Masters, I loved watching the Golf Channel and having the panel sit down and go, you know, there's about 15 guys that you could make an argument that they are the favorite for this tournament. That's how good the fields are now and how deep the fields are when there's a, a dozen or more guys that really can be a favorite week to week. Oh, for sure. And it's, especially when you get to the Ryder Cup, you got 12 players in each team, and you just don't know who's going to elevate that week. Uh, Patrick Reed shows up for that event. Um, but, you know, look at the other side. You know, uh, Cabrera Bell, Rafa Cabrera Bell played great for Europe here in 16, uh, and he hasn't slumped off in the last two years. Uh, so the Ryder Cup tends, tends to make names for some players, and, you know, I, I just look at John Rahm, and I just think that his mentality. Uh, 
I don't know what it is about the guys from Spain. We've seen this with Seve and, and with Sergio and, and a few others, uh, Gar- you know, uh, going back in, into the 80s. Uh, but the players from Spain seem to play with a lot of passion when it comes to the Ryder Cup. Yeah, Jose Marie and Seve and yeah. Sergio yeah. and yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Ignacio Grito. I mean, there, there there are so many of them that, yeah. that some of their better players have been coming out of Spain. So I look at John Rahm the same way. Well, Chandler, great stuff. We really appreciate you coming on, and uh, congratulations on on the uh, on the Ryder Cup. And uh, we'll look forward to hearing more as the as the year goes on. Great. No, thanks for the call. Always fun talking to you guys. Chandler Withington, director of golf at Hazeltine. Uh, what an accomplishment to get the Ryder Cup back there again. So thanks a million, Chandler. We appreciate it. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons, 1380 KLIZ, streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com. Thanks to our sponsor, Mills GM. We want to thank uh, Chandler Withington. He was with us, uh, director of golf at Hazeltine, and a terrific segment there. Just talking about all things golf and the PGA Championship moving and uh, making things a little different, but really better for the Ryder Cup. Going to be more of an event, I think, and better for the FedEx Cup. I like that idea that the FedEx Cup will go more to the forefront at the end of the season. Well, it's they're not. I really like it because we're not competing against football. Yeah, exactly. And um, you know, gosh, I mean, the format of the FedEx Cup has been hard to follow, especially if you're not a hardcore golf fan uh but there's been so much great golf that people just haven't watched because they're watching nfl football or whatever or college football on the weekends so i think that'll be great the thing i hadn't thought about either uh that chandler brought up was that the Ryder cup actually could be our early september date rather than a september which should which will be interesting as well even though we had such fantastic weather uh, in 16 for the Ryder Cup. Uh, having a little earlier in September might even make it for a better event. So. Yeah, a little safer bet on, yeah. on the weather. Might be a chance it'd be a little hotter, but I think overall probably probably a pretty good bet. We had uh, uh, Jeff and I, Jeff Hilborn and I, uh, went and uh, did some uh, TPI workouts this week at, uh, at uh, Big Stone Therapy with uh, uh, David Hughes and uh, Jared Carlson. It was interesting. They take us through 16 steps. I know you and David have been talking about it for a couple of years now to get it going, so we're going to try to have those two guys on in a couple weeks. But it kind of lets you know where you're at and then uh, you know maybe where you want to go in uh, some different stretching and strength. And uh, it's kind of in- you maybe kind of know it yourself. In my case, we'll just use me. Um, left shoulder, not quite as... Not quite as agile, not quite as uh, as uh, flexible as my right shoulder. Maybe a little bit weaker. Yeah. Same thing in my hip on the left side. I'm right-handed, so that might make a difference. But uh, I kind of know that. I, you know it from your own swing, you know. Because then I'll say, "Do you get stuck here once in a while?" And I'll say, "Yeah, that's what Chris said. You're, <laughs> you're stuck right here." Yeah, so that's uh, going to be interesting. Yeah, the TPI stands for the Tireless Performance Institute, and they've really done as much. Uh, research into the the correlation between balance strength and flexibility in the golf swing and it's really great stuff and um, you know it's not only good for your golf game it's just good for your lifestyle in general and yeah um, I think you know if it, it's just like any anything else but uh, you know if you they'll write, they basically write you a prescription here here's what you need to do uh fitness wise and if you do those things your 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 golf game is going to get better and uh, I actually I just wrote an article for a 
publication that I write for every month that was just about that. And we're, the, our, the series of articles is talking about uh, uh, how we can improve our golf games without changing our swings. And, uh, you know, that fitness is, is one of them. So it, uh, it'll help your golf game, it'll help your lifestyle, and it'll help you from getting injured. So. It's quite a good uh, series on Netflix right now, Chronicles of a Champion, and it's uh, different golfers uh, winning the British Open, basically. But uh, I was, I'm always interested in Greg Norman, was a favorite of mine in the past, and he was talking about how he was a surfer and an all-around athlete as a young guy and uh, uh, really took up the game of golf at like 14 or 15 years old with his mother, who was quite a good player. And he says, I shot 108 my first round, and uh, 18 months later I was scratch. So... <laughs> but he, anyway, he related Kelly Slater, who's a professional yeah. surfer. They're good friends. He said Slater's a very good golfer, you know, and I surfed and I golfed. And he was saying that core strength and balance on the surfboard it w- just segged right into golf for him. Yeah, huge advantage for him if you've got yeah. that, that base already. Uh, transferring that to golf is, is pretty easy. And uh, uh, those are great segments that yeah. uh, chronicles of a champion. And Greg was the DJ of the day as far as a DJ, uh, as far as hitting it straight down the middle and long for many, many years. Yeah. He, was the, he was the standard bearer there. Spent 300-some weeks at number one in the world. That's yeah. Pretty impressive. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> we had Drake Smith on a couple of weeks ago. He was talking fitness as well. And uh, I was chuckling there because – during the segment, you had talked about uh, you know hydrating and drinking water and trying to find a substitute and maybe not drinking uh, quite as much alcohol during the <laughs> round as it might not help your score. But uh, <laughs> you're not against uh, Tito's handmade vodka on the 19th. No, not at all. After I'm, the round. As a matter of fact, I promote that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Tito's. They handle our uh, 19th hole for us, and uh, that's a lot of fun. Chris, uh, coming up, uh, one event we want to talk about quickly at Craigans. They've got the Duffers Open coming up, and it's uh, it's hard to believe how quick it's coming. I think it's the Friday the 4th. Isn't Correct, it? Yeah. yeah. May 4th, so a week from uh, this era, Saturday morning era, uh, next week, basically. Correct. So, yeah, Minnesota, University of Minnesota and uh, – uh, one of Duff's real passions and the Duffers Open. That's a yeah, kind of uh, Dutch Craigan's kind of one of his favorite events that that we use to support some local charities and University of Minnesota. And uh, it, it's a gr- it's a great event, an inexpensive or it's a great value to play in, and uh, kind of the first event to kick off the golf season. So a week from uh, today's airing uh, on Saturday, so Friday the fourth. So we're hitting the ground running. Lots going on. So uh, we'll uh, continue on with uh, Lakes, Woods, and Irons. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks to Chandler Withington, and uh, thank you, Chris. Thank you, Mac. Chris Foley, you'll find him up at Craigans Teaching if you need a lesson to help yourself out. I would uh, highly recommend it. <laughs> You've been listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons, streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com. Thanks for listening to today's edition of Lakes, Woods, and Irons. Today's broadcast is sponsored by Breezy Point Resort your holiday station store on Mill Avenue and Cross Lake, Maury's Market, Ernie's on Gull, The Tea Hive, Halverson Law Office, and The Legacy Courses at Craigans. Streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com, sponsored by Mills GM. We now return to our regularly scheduled program at 1380 KLIZ, The Fan. Your story, it lives in River City where you can enjoy a metropolitan vibe and a small-town feel, where we set the standard for service and looking out for one another, where there's so much more than steak in our thriving food scene. Your story is the story of Omaha, told by those who live it and love it. 
whether that's helping you keep up with the Cornhuskers or creating the content you crave. And here in the Omaha World Herald is where it comes to life. Omaha World Herald, where your story lives. Hurry into Ram Power Days and experience the raw power of the Ram 3500 with available best-in-class torque and towing among 350-3500 pickups when properly equipped. Strap yourself in for one powerful ride in the Ram TRX with the most horsepower of any gas pickup ever built. Or the Ram 1500, awarded number one in driver appeal among light-duty pickups by J.D. Power three years in a row. Hurry into Ram Power Days going on now. For J.D. Power 2022 U.S. award information, visit jdpower.com awards.